at Rogers Place, live at Studio 99. My name is Reed Wilkins. You never know who you're going to run into in Studio 99. <laughs> you, <laughs> you may run into guys you used to interview earlier in your career. When you were working in Lloyd Minster, I'm pleased to welcome my buddy Skip Craig to the show. Skip, great to see you again, man. Yeah, great to be here, Reed. It's good, good to see you again. Uh, I know we talked uh, a, a few years ago. You were at a game at, uh, at Rexall Place, so we got to catch up a little bit there. I used to see you around the Lloyd Minster Civic Center all the time, whether it was a Blazers, Bandits, or Border Cakes game. We were, uh, <laughs> we were taking it. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if we've ever seen each other outside of a hockey rink. Uh, not very often. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Uh, how's life? How's life treating you? How's the border city doing? Uh, well, we're not quite as busy. We're typically Alberta. We're not quite as busy as we like to be, but everything's, uh, you know, not very exciting. But it's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a great town, and uh, uh, I've enjoyed living there for the last, I don't know how many years, but yeah. it's been a long time lived there. Well, it's good to see you again. Of course, uh, you played in both the WHA and and the NHL, and we were just talking a, a, a bit here. Uh, uh, fair. I, I mean, you, you played in a pretty in interesting year of the NHL because the league expanded du more than doubled in size w while you were there. But you got to be a teammate of a guy who uh, was a pretty good goal scorer, uh, a guy by the name of Phil Esposito. Yeah, he wasn't bad. I taught him a few things, and then he, he went on to bigger and better things. No question about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Phil. He was, uh, he was quite a hockey player, no question. Well, that line of him and Haji and uh, Cash, uh, Wayne Cashman, they were as good as there ever was. Esposito, you know, he had that I, I hate to lose uh, quote was kind of one that was associated with him. Uh, what, what was he What was he like behind the scenes? I mean, was he a, just a rabidly intense guy all the time, or what was he actually like as a teammate? Uh, goofy. Uh, he was, <laughs> no, he's a great guy, Phil. Just a really good guy, and, and there's no question he was intense uh, on the ice and uh, off the ice, so he's just a great guy. Yeah. The, being a Bruin in, in that era, uh, I mean, obviously in the 60s, you had, I guess, the Leafs and the Canadians uh, doing really well. You were playing in the original six where, I mean, you're, well, you played a team 14 times a year. So, yeah. I mean, the rivalries and, and the was – it, was it actually real hatred against the other teams in the league at that time? Absolutely. I mean, it, that, it, that even came from before I played in the NHL. It was uh, – we grew up out, out west. I played for the S. Van Bruins, which was Bruins. And uh, Regina was the Canadians and so on. And, and uh, we didn't like each other much in junior. So when you got to play for the Bruins, those days there was no draft, if, uh, if you didn't know that. But uh, you just kind of grew up through the uh, organizations through minor and then and then they they had a protected list of I think it was a hundred players and if you got to play pro then you had to turn pro with those guys unless you were traded of course but uh, that's the way it worked back then there was no draft so you just you just uh, evolved on the way up the ladder so how did how did they first get your rights when you were a, a teenager was it territorial or did they have to recruit you how did that work no they could have a bird dog out in the middle of the prairies and i'd be skating on a slough out uh, in the middle of nowhere and if the kid had the puck for uh, you know 20 minutes out of the half hour they saw the kid put his name in to the nhl and from that time on, you belong to, unless they dropped you off, right. uh, off the list, uh, you belong to that organization. And, and when you turn pro, you had to turn pro with that organization. Do, do you remember your first NHL game or your first couple? Because I, I brought up your, your stats. Because the first couple seasons you played, you, they brought you up for a couple games, and then you were back playing minor pro. I mean, do you remember those first couple games or what it was like trying to crack that uh, roster in such a small league? 
Uh, yep, I remembered very well, but going back to the first game I ever played, I was still playing junior, and I got, uh, they let me come up for two games. The Bruins were in 10th place, or in 6th place for 10 years in a row back then, and and they never brought any kids from the West out there. But finally, old Weston Adams, who owned the team at that time, came out West. And I wasn't a bad junior, so they brought me up. And it was, we played that night in Estevan, drove to Winnipeg. This is a pretty good story. I haven't thought of this for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> drove to Winnipeg, got on the plane, got into Montreal, played against the Montreal Canadiens on hockey night in Canada. I'd never been any farther than Edmonton my whole life, and I was 19, I guess, and uh, got out there and played against Belleville and the boys, and uh, they were going north and I was going south. I turned around to go back south, and they were coming back north. <laughs> it was quite an experience, and, uh, but uh, after, when I first got to uh, Boston uh, in the pro level, uh, I, I played a couple of years in, in uh, the Central League in Oklahoma City. So I played with some pretty good hockey players before I ever got to Boston. And then uh, it was good. They were all, all good guys like Espy and Bobby was there. And Jerry Cheevers, who's a great friend of mine to this day. And, and uh, they were all, it was a team. I mean, that's why they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, unfortunately, they traded me a couple of years before, <laughs> before uh, they did that. But they were just great guys. Yeah. When the league doubled in size, you know, six teams to 12 teams, and, you know, they put all the new teams in that one division, and a couple of them weren't that good. A couple of them had sort of around 500-type yeah. records. Was it, you know, did it water, did, like, did it noticeably water down the league, or was it like, oh, no, there are this many good players. It's good we added this many. No, there were was, there was some good teams. Um, but uh, the, the, the strong ones in the original six, I mean, there was no contest, really. I right. mean, uh, like, like the year that Bobby scored that goal flying through the air, and that St. Louis was a pretty good team, you know, but they, they couldn't beat the Bruins. But, no, they, they were competitive. There was, there was a lot of good guys. But if you go back to the original six and you look at the American League back then, there were some teams there that could have beat, like, the Bruins, who were in the basement for 10 years. There were some really good players, like Johnny Bauer never turned pro until he was, what, 30 or something right. like that. So those types of players were in the American League, and they all went to the expansion. Eh? So there was a lot of good players, very good players. Skip Craig joining us in Studio 99. Oilers and Blues coming up at 630. Uh, you eventually spent a couple of years with the Los Angeles Kings, early days of the Kings. What was it like being a pro hockey player in L.A. in those days? Beautiful. You had a tea time every day. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, was, it was quite different. Like, we, we uh, um, you know, I'd never had any experience in, in living in the South like that. And, and uh uh, and the travel was something else like we'd go on the road for three weeks at a time play every other night you know so it was it was hugely different in that regard then you'd be home for a long time though so that was that was good uh didn't miss too many golf games in between no <laughs> <laughs> well i mean going for playing in, in boston that it had a yeah. team forever yeah. i mean did you did did people well, know about the Kings, or did you have an, you know, there's a lot of people no, there. No, Jack Kent Cook was the owner then, and, and uh, he got, well, he got Shacky uh, out there just because of, you know, trying to bring in some celebrities 
to uh, put some people in the stands. I don't suppose we averaged 12,000 people uh, a game back then. Uh, but it eventually evolved, and then, of course, Gratz made it what it is today. And, right. And, uh, but, uh, no, it, it was good. But I used to love to look forward very much to go back to Toronto, Chicago, Detroit in the wintertime. I mean, that was hockey to me and what I'd grown up with. And it was quite foreign to play out of Los Angeles, no question. Now kids are all used to it today. But right. Yeah. Cleveland Crusaders in the World Hockey Association. Yeah. Tell me about making that jump. Good story, actually. I thought about this on the way up for some reason. It popped in my mind, but I played for the Cleveland Crusaders in the first game in the Coliseum here against the Oilers. Very first game. But that was, uh, well, that was when we made that decision to do that. I was with Buffalo the year before, and uh, uh I had a really good training camp, but didn't make the team, so I played out in Salt Lake City. And uh, Punch Imlac was coach and general manager. He wasn't one of my favorite people, but uh, that's another story. But <laughs> oh, we got to make it. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, where was I going? It was it was exciting because I was like I don't know, 27 years old or so, and I had some years left in me, of course, and. And to make that decision, if the league, we, nobody knew if the league would go or not go. Right. Nobody knew if there was any money behind it or, or anything like that. So it was a, a huge decision. And, uh, uh, but we, we made the decision, and it, it turned out really well. I mean, if it hadn't been for the WHA, a lot of people don't know this, but if it hadn't been for the WHA, there still wouldn't be, I mean, uh, Connor would only be making a million dollars instead of 12 or whatever he's making. And it made a huge difference. There was that year before, there was three guys in all the NHL making $100,000. Think about that. And uh, Bobby was one. I think Bobby Hall was the other one. And maybe Espy was the other guy. But that summer, Emil Francis, general manager of the New York Rangers, signed eight guys to over 200000 and then, of course, you had Bobby Hall signing for the million and 250 a year and whatever. And uh, Sanderson signed him for uh, uh, 1.350,000. He was the richest athlete in all the world at that time. A hockey player in the 70s. That's yeah. something, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to leave Boston. None of those guys did. Right. Jerry Cheevers was their goaltender, and he was the best money goaltender of the day at that time. Yeah. And uh, he got, uh, that's another good story. I could go on here forever, but. Uh, <laughs> we got time. <laughs> we got time? Okay. <laughs> what, made, what made Cheevers so clutch in those situations? Mentality. All in the head. Yeah. He, like, he yeah. wanted to I be mean, the guy. He had the ability, and, and he was totally team guy. He didn't care about, you know, letting 10 goals in as long as uh, Bobby and Phil scored 11, you know. Uh, that's the type of guy he was. He was like Fiercey was here. He, Fiercey didn't care if he lost 9-8. Uh, just good team people. And uh, But he was he was in Boston, had no happier now in Boston. There's a lot of guys that love that town and still do. Uh, but this guy, Nick Maletti, uh, Scotty Monroe owned the team. It was Calgary, actually, franchise. And as Scotty's money guy, died that summer. That's how it came down. And Scotty couldn't find anybody else. It was a short 
window there before the start of the year. And they found a chap by the name of Nick Milani in Cleveland. And they got him on board. That's how the franchise got to Cleveland. And we all played for Scotty, several of us. So we were on his protected list eh, for Calgary. Okay. And uh, that was the same as Bill Hunter here at Edmonton. He got Al Hamilton and a bunch of, you know, several other guys that he knew that were playing pro, playing in the NHL. And uh, that's how Hammy got here. But uh, anyway, uh, so Cheesy's in uh, Cheesy's in uh, Boston and uh, gets a phone call from Maletti's boys. Can we talk to him? And he'd, uh, he was with his buddy uh, Larry and, and uh, Gordon, who was here. And uh, he just stepped out and Larry answered the phone. He says, no, Jerry's not here at the moment. Uh, I'm his agent. Can I, uh, can I do anything for you? <laughs> And he said, well, we want you to come down to Cleveland to talk about this WHA team. And, uh, oh, well, okay, we'll get back to you. So they go sit down and have another <laughs> vodka or two, whatever the case was. Said, oh, well, we may as well go to Cleveland for the weekend. So, uh, so they did. And in the meantime, they, uh, well, what are, you know, I don't want to leave Boston. What will I ask for? And he was making about 70 grand in Boston. He said, oh, we'll go for a seven-year contract. I think it was at 250 grand a year. They'll never give me that. But we'll have a nice dinner. Right. A few cocktails, right? <laughs> so, so Nick, uh, who, he was a great guy, Nick Maletti, the owner. Uh, he, uh, he just said, Cheesy, what do you want? Cheesy told him, yeah, okay, you got it. Well, now, now, should ask for more. Now he's hooped. He, <laughs> he phoned me. I was home where I grew up in North Battleford. I was at my folks' place. And he phoned me out there, and he says, what's this WHA stuff? What, what is this going on? I said, it's great. He said, so he told me the story, and I said, yeah, get your butt down there. Let's go. I said, <laughs> and, and that's how it came down. And uh, it was pretty exciting times, though, for a lot of people. A lot of a lot of guys put their uh, you know future on the line, really, yeah. to to make it happen. And and you can thank Bill Hunter for for this rink and for this uh, hockey team today. I mean, it's, it's that simple. If it wasn't for old Bill and the boys, there'd be no Edmonton Oilers. Or chances are there wouldn't be. Skip, uh, and you played your last year uh, pro, obviously, with uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, uh, I mean, just a thought, and obviously, you know, you remain an important part of the alumni. Uh, tell me about that season with the Oilers. And, and he, Claire Drake and Bill Hunter were the two head coaches. Yeah, it was, uh, wasn't was a very good year. It was brutal. I played 18 games, was it? Anyway, no, I played about 40 games all told, but I got uh, my good friend uh, Rusty Patnode, uh, who is not very well right now. We'll say hello to Rusty if he happened to be listening. Uh, but he, uh, we were in, we were in Winnipeg, playing the Jets, and, and uh, that that night just before the game, we we're just going out uh, for warm-ups, and uh, old Bill said, "I want you to check Bobby Hull tonight." I said, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> all right. So anyway, we go out for warm-ups, and I'm just skating over the blue line, and all the pucks, a bunch of pucks on the ice. And Rusty Patnode could shoot bullets, and he shot one, caught me in the back of the leg, and I damaged, uh, believe it or not, that's how I entered my career, and, and uh, damaged a uh, nerve in the back of my leg, and 
couldn't skate ever again. You know. Yeah. Well, for a long time. I've skated since then, of course, but that's how my year ended. That's how my career ended. But fortunately, I was in business uh, with a partner in Lloyd Minster, and uh, so I just, I'd been working there a couple of three years before that, so it was an easy uh, transition for me. So I was very fortunate in that regard, but uh, used to come uh, play here and, and uh, with, the, with the Crusaders, and, and of course Edmonton was close to home, and it yeah. always will be. My daughter lives here now, and uh, her husband Trevor, and, and she has uh, two beautiful children, and so we come up here quite a bit. Yeah. Skip, it's great to see you. Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, like you see a lot in Lloydminster and ran into you a bit since then. So thanks for sharing some of your memories. That was an incredible time in the uh, in the pro hockey world. Enjoy the game tonight. Great we will, to see and uh, thanks for having me, Reed. And I'll say hello to your good buddy, Ken Stanford. Yes, back please do. Please do. Thank you very much. You that bet. is Skip Crake, uh, former Edmonton Oiler. And